Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Set in the creepily idyllic village of Lyon, Spain, everyone will burn burrows into the tortured life of Maria Jose. She is prepared to end her own life after failing to get over the suicide of her bullied son from years before. As she teeters on the brink of committing suicide, she encounters a mysterious young girl caked in mud and dirt. Everything changes when Lucia appears. The film is called Everyone Will Burn. It is fun, entertaining, scary, and so much more. We're joined today by the director, producer, writer, and co-cinematographer, David Habrero. David, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I think it's just a lot of uh, fun. It's dramatic. It is well acted. Cinematically, it looks beautiful, by the way. Congratulations on the cinematography, along with Ona Izart, uh, that you won a wonderful look to the film. What inspired this? Two things inspired it. One was the uh, COVID boredom or the COVID, uh, you know, like we, we were just at home. And I feel like after six months, I say this sometimes, but like I got tired of watching maybe like very deep, heavy movies because I was like, everyone's sad. I don't want to, you know, play a sad movie right now. You know, there was something about I kind of felt disconnected to the more sort of realistic filmmaking while we were going through um, through lockdown. So I was like, I wish I had like a really fun, I still believe that movies are circus attractions. I always, you know, I, I, I like to think of them as such. We wanted to make a festival of excess. We wanted to give you the over-the-top performance. We wanted to give you the over-the-top look, visuals, uh, even dialogue. Everything needed to be too much because I was like, when people watch this after whenever was after but after everything that was going through we just really wanted it to be something you could sit down for two hours and just enjoy very non-stop filmmaking that was really our approach and then when we wrote it we were like how do we throw people off so we said okay we're gonna we're gonna shoot this horror movie as a 1950s audrey hepburn musical and then that's when like everything just kind of like couldn't join and and then this thing happened <laughs> this movie happened Wow, that's a great reference. Uh, and I think a lot of the uh, success of the film has to do with the location. It's really a very interesting look that you have throughout the film. The, the setting, the town, and the, the different buildings that we're in just really did a great job of, of getting us in these different places in the film. Uh, I guess, uh, you're, who would you credit that to, your your uh, location scout? How did you how did you come upon this this? So the town we shot at is my father's birth town. So that's, I, I know it in and out. That's where I have vacationed uh, throughout all my uh, childhood years. So I knew, we knew exactly where we wanted to shoot. Like the square, mm -hmm. that was in on the first draft. It had to be that square. There was no two ways about it. And then the house, which is the other main location, one of our rules was it has to feel like the Garden of Eden. It has to feel green. Maria Jose is the snake. You know, that's kind of how we built it. You know, she has the snake earrings and she's always wearing green. And like, we, we wanted that vibe. So we originally were actually going to shoot it at my, my parents' house because I was like, who's going to let us change an entire house into this weird, crazy, green, mad? I was like, ah. 
I can probably trick my parents, you know? <laughs> and then we were planning the entire movie based on that. We location scouted with the team. Everything was a go uh, because my, my, my mom's a designer, so she has a beautiful house. So we knew that we could sort of like tweak it to the movie. And then no joke, two weeks before production, they took our permits out uh, because of like our local government thing. So we found the house of the movie about two weeks before we shot it. <laughs> For two weeks, we were all just hands-on putting paper on the walls, putting the new floor because the floor was fake. Like we, we literally like my, you know, my producing partners, my, my parents and, and I, and even the actresses, we were literally all of us just building the house because we had been prepping, even rehearsing with the house that we were going to shoot at for like three months. And then it dropped two weeks before, which was crazy. Now to bring that into the conversation because it's its own character, the the town, the the home, the, the different locations, they all feed into this. Is it fair to say gothic? Is that a description you would use? What 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 sort of is a a subgenre, if you will, of this? Gothic. I um I think the lighting can be called a little gothic. I think I'm very uh, what's the word expressionist in the okay. in, in my approach to lighting? You know, I came I, I came up through lighting. I'm a I'm a DP and a gaffer by trade. So I think I I really knew, I knew I wanted to do like hard lighting, hard shadows. Like I knew it wasn't gonna be a soft film because I'm like every time I watch a horror movie, everything is soft, right? Everything is like soft lighting coming through the windows or just like soft lighting, lighting the actors, always really soft and low key and like just kind of like very dark. And I was like, let's make it bright. Let's, you know, let, let's, let's give you the colors. Let's give you the shadows. Let's give you like the big dramatic lighting. Um, I would say expressionist, uh, expressionist. More, that more that sounds good. That, that, that rings true for me. And is it fair to say that as the film moves forward, the, those elements become a little more extreme, not extreme, a little more focused, a little more upfront in the presentation? Yes. And I think that has to do with what I was telling you about, like the Garden of Eden. You know yeah. what I mean? I think yeah. once, once Maria Jose bites the apple, you know, once she takes the bait, you know, with Lucia, everything becomes redder and just way more, like you said, focused. You know, the locations just start feeling more dangerous. The wardrobe starts physically changing colors into red. So because we knew we wanted to end in red. That was a that was a given from like the script. We're like, it's going to be really jarring to have like, 15 minutes all red but that's what we're gonna do i mean if, if argento could do it 40 years ago we can certainly do it now so that was really our approach yeah i want to convey to the audience how much fun this film is to watch it's it is a horror film uh i i think tell me what you how you would you, you know what i don't think it's as scary as we set out to make it i do think it's way more fun than yeah. we intended to i you know originally it was supposed to be this sort of like very dark ominous horror film and as we were building especially with the help of, of maca macarena you know we were just like we wanted to embrace the camp we wanted to embrace the just excess of it all and i do i i genuinely think it's an extremely fun two hours i, I do think even even people who do not like the movie said, I did not like it, but I had a great time. And I do think that's a great review. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm really proud of, of the entertainment part of it. And, and then I think that the story and especially the performances are extremely gripping. I mean, Macarena is incredible. I, yeah, I think she's one of the best actresses right now out there. She's great in this film. And uh, by the way, the film again is called Everyone Will Burn. And we're talking to the director, writer, 
producer, cinematographer of this wonderful film, and that would be David Hebrero. Throughout the cast, everyone is so spot on. Just the way that all the characters kind of lean into this, the the folklore, the the legend of, and how much it's tied to this woman and her son, and how they were genuinely wronged, and how her anger feels justified and relatable. Yeah. I guess subconsciously it's been like a for recurrent theme in in a lot of my work uh we like you know the, the suicide the, the stigma around uh, suicide you know i think it's a huge one i think it's very hard to talk about but i think for people who've lived it know how almost normal or weirdly normal it can feel when you're in the middle of it whether you are directly uh, having those inclinations or know someone and and i think i've always tried to let people know that people are willing to do anything when they have nothing to lose. You know what I mean? I think we didn't want to redeem Maria Jose. We didn't want it to be like, oh, she's going to end the movie and everything is going to be great. And her whole life is going to be fixed because she had these, you know, it, it wasn't, the goal wasn't that because then you're lying to people. I think that people who to reach these extremes, I think it's important to acknowledge that they'll go any lengths to fix the the voids and that's you know I, I worked on that on my last movie and i and I, I wanted to start the movie like that because you almost have no time to breathe you know it's like the credits start the, the movie starts and then you're like oh this woman is on a bridge and she's on top of a bridge that's no cgi that's that's no green screen this woman is on top of a bridge it, you know it feels very uh gripping and just very raw and and, and, I, and I like that because then it puts you in a situation of like yeah the movie's fun and it's funny and it's engaging but you're starting out, you know, from a really realistic uh, point. Yeah, it is a great opening 10 minutes of the film. The way it opens is really compelling. I want to let people know that the film uh, Everyone Will Burn is opening here in Los Angeles, New York City, as well as Austin, Texas on December 1st. Yeah, the Alamo Draft House in Los Angeles, it's opening I'm so impressed with the film as a cinematic experience for, for whatever it is. The tone of it is the right tone. It's the, I thought the pace was beautiful. The, as I said, the look of it throughout the film and these performances are without exception, right on the money. I, I just felt like everybody in, in the film really hit the mark. And, uh, but as once again, going back to Macarena Gomez, who is just amazing in the film. And I, I can't say enough good things about her performance. And I liked her. I understood her. She's a force. Uh, I remember when we sent her the script and she called me back a very early draft. And she said, I like the idea. I like the concept. I like, I like where you guys are going. I will only do the movie if the actress that plays Lucia is an incredible actress. Yes. That, was, that, that was her only like, red line that she she's like she's like listen this movie is about her and i so if there's no chemistry if there's no like i i need to i need to really vibe with the person that's going to be in front of me so, so that's sophia when we garcia sophie sophia garcia that's when we started our chase like the moment macarena said that is like okay well then we need to get an incredible you know, we, we always knew, but then that, that almost like, it's like, hey, if you want to make this movie, now you got to find a, you know, <laughs> you, a great actress for this. And it was hard, long, and extremely fruitful to find 
uh, Sophia because I think she was absolutely incredible. She had no film experience. She did not know how movies worked. It, it, we had to really like give her like film 101. The way that Macarena took upon herself to teach her the craft to me is watching that was unpayable like it was incredible for three months they, they rehearsed Magdalena is an A-list actress here in Spain and she was rehearsing with Sofia every week for three months taking her on vacations just going to hotels with her just really just building that connection on her own dime like it was really something to watch it, it was incredible well, congratulations. Again, the film Everyone Will Burn opens here in Los Angeles, December 1st, this Friday at the Alamo Draft House in Los Angeles. Be looking for this. Be looking for your other films that will soon be uh, out in the world and on, the, on your previous work as well, David. This is uh, a joy to talk to you about the film, and I look forward to more work. Congratulations. We've been speaking with David Habrero the direct writer, producer, and cinematographer, co-cinematographer of Everyone Will Burn. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was really fun. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 